All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of This Week in Reselling. You're the um the best podcast that you're currently listening to. Um, I am your host, Ray. I am joined by my co-host Dustin. What's up? What's up? And today, guys, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Katie Reeds is in the building. What's going on, Katie? Hey guys, excited to be here. All right. Now, um, Katie, I know that um, I really w- I'm really excited to have Katie on because one of the things that Katie specializes is in is books, and I don't know anything about books. Uh, Dustin, are you, do you know anything about buying and selling really, books? I haven't read a book or bought any books in a while. <laughs> oh, <laughs> killer. D- killer! Dustin, when was the last book you read? Uh, probably in college. Oh. Yeah, like what like was, like how to kill uh, a mockingbird or something like that something like that probably harry potter so harry potter <laughs> so katie you're gonna have to school you're gonna have to school us here so um katie you know we wanted to have her on to kind of teach us a little bit about buying and selling books and uh she is an author which is super awesome and uh so katie uh for the people that don't know i know that you also resell you resell a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and uh just give us a little bit of like an origin story on you, like how you got into reselling, like why your why books are like that particular niche that you chose to get into. You know, I'm sure you're a big bookworm, you know, when you were a kid, like all that good stuff. Just tell us like, you know, how Katie Reads became Katie Reads, I guess. Okay. Um, so I guess to make a long story short, I've been on eBay uh, since my daughter was really little. Um, my dad used to do wholesale perfumes and stuff on eBay. Um, so I kind of grew up with eBay. Um, I remember in high school, like helping him ship out orders and stuff like that. So I've always like flipped things on eBay or Facebook marketplace just for extra cash. Um, but then in 2019, um, a friend of mine was moving to Utah And, um, by then I'll backtrack a little bit by then I was like writing books. I had already published my first short story and I was like a book bookstagram account. Ah. I guess you could say people were, um, paying me or sending me free copies of their books to either edit it or read it and review it, um, or do both. Um, so I was kind of like in that book world hustle a little bit. Um, and then, in 2019, one of my friends was moving away and she said, I have four huge like plastic totes of books that we're not going to take to Utah with us. I'm, I'm in Michigan. She was moving from Michigan to Utah and she's like, do you want them? And I'm like, sure. Cause I figured I could take them to some bookstores, get some in-store credit and, you know, go shopping with it. And then I started looking some of them up on eBay just out of curiosity. And some of them were like, no longer in print. Some of them were like going for 20 to $30. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I think I want to sell these instead myself. Um, so I literally dove into it. I had no clue what I was doing, but I dove into it, did some quick YouTube research, you know, Steve Rakin and all of them Mm -hmm. kind of popped up, um, and taught me a little bit about, um, selling books, but, he was really focused on Amazon, not so much on eBay. So I started with eBay, signed up for Amazon, got into like the FBA book business with Amazon, 
Um, and I still do that to this day, but I run both of them parallel because eBay has its kind of market and Amazon has its market. Um, and yeah, then a year ago, January 31st last year was my first YouTube video. So I'm almost a year into YouTube now. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. So I'm almost at my one year anniversary with YouTube. Um, and that's pretty much, I just dove into Katie Reads actually came from like when I was doing book bookstagram stuff mm -hmm. and I just kind of kept the name because so much of my audience was already book people. And a lot of them were buying books off of me direct through Instagram and stuff. So that just kind of continued. And then I put myself out there in my community. And so now I run a free book pickup service. So I work with a lot oh. of organizations, schools, colleges, um, <coughs> you know, people off the street will message my Facebook business, Facebook page and ask me to come pick up books for them for free. So I'm getting free inventory that way as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just kind of snowballed. I just dove into it, put myself out there and tried it. And it's, here I am. I love it. I love it. And the awesome. Katie Reed's name, I think it's, it's fantastic. I think really? it's, yeah, it's it was just, I felt like it wasn't creative at all, but I just got no, it. <laughs> I just great. carried it through. I love it. I love it. So you're running a eBay store. Like you sell a lot of books on there and then you're doing Amazon like FBA or yeah, like so Amazon, Amazon I do and exclusively eBay. FBA. So how are the yeah, what are the I differences between? You said there was a um a different markets between the two. Can you touch on that a little bit? Like what are the? Yeah, like, so Amazon, like, I mean, you could sell a vintage or antiquarian book on Amazon, but the market of buyers on Amazon. I feel they just don't really go to Amazon for that type of book. Mm. Um, a lot of people on Amazon are looking for modern. They're looking for textbooks. They're looking for nonfiction. Um, if they're looking for fiction, they're looking for more modern fiction. Um, so Amazon is, I, I kind of like refer to Amazon as like the most, the, the books you're going to be sending in the Amazon are the ones that are more modern. They have barcodes on the back, like that type of thing. Um, the vintage and antiquarian books sell for me way better and typically for a lot higher price point and a lot less fees than FBA, um, on eBay. So okay. that's what I mean, why I kind of run them parallel. Um, and then I also kind of find like books in lots sell a lot better on eBay than they do on Amazon. Um, Amazon, like you could probably sell a Harry Potter lot or something like that fine on Amazon, but um, on eBay, it's a lot easier to sell a 200 book lot of Babysitter's Club books than it would be on Amazon. So that makes sense. that's why I kind of run them parallel. And that's what I mean by them being kind of like different markets, different buyers, different types of things you would list. Okay, that's great info. You mentioned the term antiquarium? Yeah, antiquarian. So antiques. Okay. So books so over 100 years old. Over oh, wow. Books over 100 years old. That's what mm -hmm. I mean. And mm -hmm. antiquarian. Am I saying that antiquarian. right? Antiquarian. Yeah, Ant don't, say, okay. don't say aquarium. No. <laughs> it's antiquarian. I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> so um, we have some people that have just popped up, popped up in the chat. So we want to say hi to some people. We have Jennifer. Uh, hello, Jennifer. And we have Lanchar Cricker. He's in hey, the Craig. building. And of course, uh, Jennifer is dropping them links. So shout out to Jennifer as well. <laughs> so guys, if you want to, uh, of course, 
all uh katie's um link tree is down in the description below so you can find her and all, everything she's doing instagram what else you got on there uh, katie your website i think is attached to your link tree mm -hmm. your youtube channel all that good stuff so yeah tell us a little bit about you being an author yeah so um i've always like written even since I was young like I've always been a reader and a writer I did a lot of poetry when I was younger too but um I had a story that just like literally hit me one day and so I wrote it up literally on my lunch hour and back when I worked I used to work for a bank um I wrote it up on my lunch hour I had a friend a couple friends read it I edited it put it together and just randomly decided, hey, I'm gonna put it on Amazon KDP and publish it myself. And so I published my first short story for Kindle. Um, my sister is a graphic designer, so she helped make the cover of it for me. Um, and yeah, I just randomly decided to do that back in 2018. And then I just had a lot of good feedback. A lot of people liked my stories. Um, and so since then I've been, writing and i will have another book uh published by the end of this year it'll be an anthology which is a bunch of short stories in one book short awesome. stories are kind of like my thing that's my favorite thing to write that's awesome i know some people say that i'm echoing um does does that sound better you're still oh. you're still echoing am i still echoing okay hold on yep, yep. go ahead and do this Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes yes. my mic is being weird. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. So uh, we have uh, Sunny Las Vegas just popped on and Alan just popped on as well. Good to see you guys. Hey, guys. So, um, Katie. So we have a segment on the show. We want to get to know you a little better. So mm -hmm. we have a segment on the show called Overrated, Underrated, where we ask you 10 different things. And in your opinion, you tell us if they're overrated or underrated. And okay. uh, are you ready? Sure. All right, let's do it. But before we get into that, Katie, we want to give a shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, which I don't know if you collect these things. Are you familiar with Funko Pops? Oh, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Funko Pops. I know people love Funko Pops. What are your go-to Funko Pops? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right. Heck yeah. So we want to give a shout out to our sponsor of the podcast, which is poppingofftoys.com. They're a local Funko Pop vendor here in Nashville. They also sell online and they're nice. one of the best people where you can buy Funko Pops from. And they did provide us with a code. So if you guys use the code Nashville Flippers, you'll get 10% off your entire order. And if anybody's ever sold any Funko Pops, I know that Sonny said he's getting rid of his Funko Pops, but if you ever sold any Funko Pops, it's really important on how you ship them. So they're mm -hmm. collectors as well, and they sell really high-priced Funko Pops. They just don't carry the new ones. They carry Funko Grails and all that good stuff. So they're guaranteed to come mint and crispy right to your door. So if you guys want to use the code Nashville Flippers, you'll get 10% off your entire order at poppingofftoys.com. So... Nice. Without further ado, Katie Reads, let's get into overrated, underrated. Number one, sourcing at auctions. Overrated, underrated. Um, 
Okay, so I went to my first auction ever last weekend. <laughs> so I'm going to say it is a tad bit overrated. Okay. Only because, like, my experience is, like, it's just nonstop, like, craziness. Um, and I feel like the auctions kind of, they feel almost like eBay auctions a little bit. Like, the prices, it's, it's hard to source at an auction where a lot of people are at. So I would say overrated. Okay. I know that, um, so your first experience, I know my first experience at an eBay auction was absolutely crazy. And um, one of the things that happened to me, I was not aware of like the, uh, what is it? Like the auctioneer premium, like the extra, mm -hmm. you know, like fee that they attached, you know, towards the end. So it's like, you think that you're paying, for example, $10 for something. You're like, oh man, I'm going to make some money off of this. And then they attach that fee and you're like, oh man, I'm not going to make as much money. Yes. You know, and just like certain terms, like buyer's choice where you're like mm -hmm. bidding on certain items. It might be multiples. So it, it's, it's a, it's a pretty intense situation. It's fun, but like you said, I think it's overrated. Yeah, I, I would agree. So, I would agree. At least for buying and selling stuff on eBay. Yes. Yes. So, for sourcing. I mean, yes. for yourself, buying for yourself. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun and a great, great mm -hmm. way to get stuff for cheap for sure. All right. So let's move on to number two, overrated, underrated. Dustin. Yeah. Number two, Jennifer Lawrence, the actress. Jennifer Lawrence as an actress. Um, I would say underrated. I don't think she gets a whole lot of play. I don't think okay. she gets a whole lot of um, attention. I think she is a good actress. Um, I may, I mean, now, right now, I feel like she doesn't get a whole lot of attention. She probably had her moments, um, definitely during like, you know, her bigger movies that blew up, but I don't know. I think she's a little underrated. Okay. What was, what, what would you say is the Jennifer Lawrence movie that you think of when you think of Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, I got to remember what it's called. Hold on one second, because I can see it in my head. Um, so the one, so I think uh, it, it's from a book series. Um, was it like Silver Lining Playbook? Wasn't that a movie? Are you thinking Hunger Games? Yes. Hunger oh, Games. okay. okay. Yes. I forgot she was in those. <laughs> I did not read those books because i'm not really into like fantasy sci-fi like that type of fiction um but you know why i think she's kind of underrated is because i i am into horror and she was in that movie mother mm. oh. and while it's not like a horror film that movie was so deep and she did an amazing job so yeah I, i'm gonna say she's okay. underrated a little bit i never saw that movie dustin did it's you really, see that movie it's really no, good no I, didn't, I never saw that movie no yeah it's the last movie I saw with Jennifer Lawrence was the new one on Netflix with um, Look Up. Did you see that one? Oh, no, I haven't seen that one yet. It's pretty good. Have you seen it, Dustin? Look Up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that yeah. movie was, was great. Movie. Yeah. It's a little so, strange, but it was good. It's good. It's good yeah. for sure. Sunny says uh, she had a lot of negative comments about her right? weight, which was weird. Because she's not large or small, she's she's like the girl next door next door to me. I, I agree. Her. Like I feel like she's just an average. Yeah, she's just a, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, she's not big at all. That's messed up. 
Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, overrated, underrated number three, Katie. Thermal printers. Mm. Um, can I say that I feel like they get the appropriate hype? Only because, like, okay, a lot of people act like, oh, they're overrated. Bro, I save so much money on not buying ink. Like, for me, I I feel like the hype is appropriate for what they do. Now, I'll say, like, specific brands, like Dymo and Rolo, are probably overrated. I feel okay. like any thermal printer, period, could work. I don't feel like it has to be some fancy special brand. Um, but the, the, the money you save, how it's just, uh, it's, it's chef's kiss. I mean, oh, great. That's awesome. So that leads us into something special. I'm giving you guys a podcast exclusive. So Katie, I don't know, but we're fixing to hit 3000 subscribers. Dang. So we are, we yes. are, do, we are doing a giveaway on our channel Go see that video. We're giving one of the things that we're giving away is Kevin the Commonwealth Picker. Hey. Give us one of these to give away. So nice. we're giving that away. But the good people, I sent an email and they said, I told them about the giveaway, and they're like, Hey, we want to participate in the giveaway. So one of our older sponsors of the podcast, IDPRT, which is a thermal printing company, nice sent this thermal printer to give away. So if you guys don't have a thermal printer, go over to the YouTube channel where it says giveaway and do what it says. And we're, once we hit 3,000 subscribers, we're going to give away this thermal printer. Beautiful. Yes. So Absolutely. Absolutely 100% for free. So mm, Nice. Nice. We have blood. Hey, Leroy. Yeah, Leroy. Okay. Yep. Good. <laughs> I, I never know. I can't it. remember anybody's names. So I need to have like like a uh, Excel sheet with everybody's names. <laughs> I have a FOMO that has been a beast since day one. Mm -hmm. FOMEO. Uh, some thermal printers can print on smaller uh, circle stickers, which is awesome. There you go. Seals for packaging. Even there's more so many. You can do so much beyond just shipping mm -hmm. labels. You can literally brand yourself for free. I mean, granted, it's black and white. It isn't a color thermal printer. But, I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. They said, uh, they're giving us the football updates here. Thrift Native says, I'm sorry the Chiefs and Bills game is going into overtime. So, <laughs> Good to see you, man. Let us know uh, so from porch figures says hello to the local flipper friends. Good to see you. I'm glad that hello. you came on. So let's move on. Uh, overrated, underrated number four. Number four, red velvet cake. Um, definitely overrated. Oh, oh no! Tell us like why. That. No, I. You know what's underrated is carrot cake. Okay. And I no, that really is that's fire. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, red velvet. It just doesn't. Mm, doesn't hit no. the same as carrot cake, huh? No. That's close okay. for me. Carrot Not cake, I like both of them. Man. Like, <laughs> that's so hard. That is hard. I mean, I like a me good red velvet. What? I said, I do like me some carrot cake, though. It's that like cream yeah. cheese icing. Oh. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yes. And then homemade carrot cream cake cheese on icing on. Do, do what? You can put cream cheese icing on red velvet cake. 
I know. That's what I'm saying. It's a cream okay. cheese ice cream. Character. That's why I like red velvet and cream. All right. Okay. All okay. right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you can do that. You can do that. So uh, let's see here. Uh, he says, yeah. I agree he, with he, knows, he knows what time it is. Okay. I think cake is overrated. Pie is underrated. Interesting. Ooh. That's a hot take. Mm. What kind of pie? What's Blueberry. your go-to pie? Blueberry? Blueberry. Mm. Go-to. Always. Always. And then above cake and pie is cheesecake. Oh, hands down. Mm. What about cobbler? Anybody like a good cobbler? Yeah, yeah. I could get down with a good cobbler as long as it's got um, ice cream with it. Mm. Now, I'm, right. now I'm hungry. Now you guys are. I'm gonna go get some now you guys got me messed up. Catch y'all next week on the next podcast. <laughs> Peach, hey, Sonny's got it down. Peach cobbler corners, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's for sure. So. Nice. All right, Katie. Number five, overrated, underrated, Facebook Marketplace. Um, unpopular opinion. I'm going to say overrated only because everybody's like, oh, it's the new eBay. And for me, no way ever. eBay is way too established. It's been around way too long. I mean, it's been around since like, what, 1995 or something mm -hmm. like eBay's just way too established. And at the end of the day, like Amazon's always going to be the king. But for me, like Facebook Marketplace, the only reason I haven't jumped on that train is because like I feel like sellers still don't have enough protections and support. Um, and I feel like it's a buyer focused platform right now exclusively. Um, so yeah, I just I'm not a fan. I would say it's overrated. I agree. And I've, we've asked the same question to a lot of our different guests. And they agree. They say that for shipping, it's way overrated. Like, if oh, you wow. need somebody, you know, that maybe, you know, you have like, I don't know, like a lawnmower or something you want to get rid of. I mm -hmm. guess it'll be a little better. But a lot of people say that it's overrated. And I got to agree. I think people get scammed on there all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, what do you think, Dustin? Overrated, underrated? Overrated for sure. Overrated, yeah, yeah. Thrift Native says, um, "I agree because I feel Facebook Marketplace is still hard to navigate." eBay, yeah, is, yeah I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, number six, number overrated, six, underrated. Elmo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Oh, I think he gets the appropriate. I think he deserves. I think some people might think he's overrated, but I think he paid his dues. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess he's a little underrated. Okay. A little. Um, I think some. I, th I think some people feel like he's like. I don't know. He's just been around for so long, and he's just like the OG. And, you know, he's kind of like Mickey, you know, he's just, he's always going to be that, that mascot, that main, he's always the main character, you know? Mm -hmm. so I, like I, don't know. I don't know how to answer it. Cause I feel like he gets the appropriate, like, you know, he gets the appropriate play. I would say in reselling, he's underrated. Cause I think a lot of Elmo stuff sells really well. All right. I don't know that, but I, I, don't, know, it's I don't, like don't know how to answer there's like that meme, that TikTok meme with the audio, you know, going around right now. So let's see what the people have to say. They say that um, 
That's a hard one. He's so cute and annoying at the same time. That's interesting. That's interesting. Did we lose Katie? Katie, are you there? Uh -oh. Are you there, Dustin? Can you see me? I'm okay. Here. I'm here. Okay. Might have lost Katie. We lost Katie. She's in the gulag. You there? Hi. You're back. There we go. There we go. <laughs> My bad. It might be the Elmo. The Elmo. Um, Elmo messed up my Wi-Fi, <laughs> so now he's over it. There you go. That's oh, this is a good one. Do I need to remind you of tick, tickle me Elmo? So oh, yeah, tickle me okay. Elmo was hot. Yeah. Tickle me wow. Elmo was hot, and yeah. the Chiefs and the Chiefs won. So spoiler alert. Go sports. Go sports, Katie says. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's move on. Overrated, underrated. The Goodwill, Katie. The Goodwill what? The Goodwill. Just the, the Goodwill. Good oh, mm -hmm. the Goodwill in general? In general. Yes, ma'am. Mm. It's a little overrated. Okay. Tell us why. It's a little. Just because I have found so many great deals at estate sales versus Goodwill and Salvation Army. And like those mom and pop thrift places that like our church ran or like. You know, nobody really knows about them. Yeah, I would say it's a little overrated. Okay, nice, nice. A lot of people agree. A lot of people agree. What's the best thing you've ever found at a Goodwill? Oh, man. I don't even know if I can think about the best thing I've ever found at a Goodwill. <laughs> um, I take that back. Um, I mean, Goodwill is, is a great place to go, especially when they, um, like, restock Books. It's a great place to go to find, you know, books to send into FBA, Amazon FBA, you know, so scanning books. I've gotten some good textbooks from eBay. So, and those are usually $50 plus profits, but estate sales is where I've, I've always crushed it. Nice. Just because I feel like they're most of the time, depending on the estate sale company, they don't know what they have. I feel like Goodwill is I'm starting to do a lot more research and adjusting their prices according to that, which is fine, but just means smaller profit margins. Nice, nice. Sunny, Sunny says it's definitely overrated. Don't go to them, especially in my area. Yeah, I think I think you were you were saying, uh, Katie, if you can catch the people rolling out the little carts and just mm -hmm. putting that's that's when it hits. I know Dustin just had a big haul with yep. some shoes that way. So now the Goodwill bins is a different like story for me okay because you know i just went yesterday i paid five dollars and 28 cents for a bunch of stuff that i can send into fba that was really light clothing uh microsoft laptop laptop bag um audio cassette tapes books like i got a lot for five dollars and 28 cents awesome. and i mean my profit margin is gonna be pretty big so that you know uh, I think it's a little underrated with the types of profit you can make. Um, I think people just think it's nasty and yucky. So, and it is, but <laughs> you know, you can make some money. That's right. That's right. So, uh, Bren's Gems yeah. says Goodwill sends so much of their good stuff merch merchandise to their online store. A lot of yep. people don't even know that Goodwill has an online store, which is yep. crazy. So, all right. So, let's move on. Number eight. Overrated, underrated. Stephen King, the author. Oh, 
he is not overrated. <laughs> I he's one of my favorite authors, so I'm gonna have a totally biased opinion. Um, I would say that uh, he is a little underrated right now because, like, there's new generations now. He's been writing since the '60s. Like, I think mm -hmm. Carrie was published in like early seventies and that was his first ever published book. So like he's been around for forever. So I would say he's like well-known, but I would say a lot of the newer generations haven't like read any of his old stuff um, or they just gravitate towards like the TV shows and movies based on his books rather than actually reading his stuff. Um, so, and just uh, him evolving as an author, like, oh my God, like his writing style with Carrie and Pet Cemetery compared to how it is now, like, it's just crazy how as an author, like you change over time. Um, so I would say he's a little underrated in this Perfect. generation. Now, if someone like me, that's never read a Stephen King book, mm -hmm. what would, what would be the, uh, entry point for a Stephen mm -hmm. King book? Like, what would you recommend that, that we would read? Um, so it kind of depends on like what you like. I think for men, um, cause a lot of his characters, a lot of his main characters are men cause he's a guy, so he can just relate to that. So a lot of his main characters in his books are men. Um, so I, my favorite one is Pet Cemetery. Um, that's a really good one. Um, I would say The Cell is actually pretty cool. Okay. Um, it's that was a uh, okay. Didn't they make a movie out of that again? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and it's it was like he wrote that promoting? like when flip phone flip phones were still around and okay all that kind of stuff. The cell is actually pretty cool. Um, but if you can handle a really big book, um, the stand is like, I mean, I read the stand on like unedited, like it was. Oops, sorry, unedited. It was like the whole. The whole thing, his original first published one, it was like 1,300 pages. Wow. <laughs> um, it was a big book. It took me a while. That took me a whole month to read. But it's so good. And now with, like, everything that's going on in the world with, like, you know, everything virus-related, it's mm -hmm. so crazy how he wrote that back in the 90s and, like, where we're at now. It's, it's crazy. So it's, it's like a virus-themed book? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. It's about a virus that takes over literally the world. So it's an awesome book. And like what happens after, like when there's craziness, it's kind of like a, a post-apocalyptic a little bit, but like virus focused. Uh -huh. um, so it's cool. It's really that cool. That sounds book. good. Uh, hey, I, The Stand. The Stand. Yep. I'm going to have to read it. It sounds yep. intriguing. Very good. It sounds intriguing. Front Porch Picker says... Katie, you would love McKay's here in Nashville. Mm. Now, it's a, what would you describe it as, Dustin? I don't know how to describe it. I, um... I know quite a bit about McKay's. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. Okay. Um, Romer the Romer, who is a big Amazon FBA seller, he is um, from Nashville. Okay. Um, and he ran this huge book business out of a storage unit. He was always sending books into McKay's and getting books for McKay's. And I think they even gave him like a sweatshirt from McKay's because he was in there so much. So um, yeah, it's kind of like a thrift bookstore in a way. And yeah. you can bring stuff in and get store credit. And 
he kind of talked about like how he used that for like getting inventory and cash and all that kind of stuff. So it was cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's move on. Number nine, overrated, underrated antique boots. Mm. Like a reseller having an antique boot. Cause that's like a new, like that. I feel like that's. Yeah. Like I feel like it's a little underrated only because okay. um, there's a couple estate local estate sale companies that I know. And one of them, like I, I don't, I don't want to say like, I know the guy, but like we talk quite a bit and we've like shared business. We've had business discussions when I've been at the estate sales he's running. And um, I asked him, you know, like, what do you do with the stuff that doesn't sell? Like, do you just buy out the family or the people that are trying to liquidate or what do you, what do you do? And he said that he works with a lot of antique booth people um, and they will typically just like, empty him out after the sale. And um, the thing I like about antique booths also is like, um, I mean, there's pros and cons to it, but really in a way it's passive ish because, you know, you put things in the antique booth and then they, in theory, the place, the antique shop mall, whatever sells it for you and you just come and pick up your check. Um, so I don't know. I, I I have interest in it. It just mm -hmm. seems like it's a little bit of a dying thing in my area. I can't really, there's not a whole lot of local ones in my area. Um, but I feel like it's an underrated way to like make money and probably on like bigger items, like bulkier items, yeah. furniture and stuff like that. So. Okay, nice. I know for uh, Front Porch Picker, is, she's saying, or they're saying that uh, overrated unless the booth has a sale going on. I think that's like buying inventory from an antique yeah booth. as a reseller to purchase inventory antique booths are not my go-to um we do have like a seasonal because i live in michigan so we have a seasonal like antique booth like booth area um and it's it's not it's not good for sourcing really um but if i was a seller like yeah it'd be awesome to have a booth there and sell mm -hmm. my stuff for sure Nice, nice. All right, let's get to the last one, Katie. Overrated, underrated, number 10. The Encanto movie. The Encanto movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's funny. I just recently watched it, literally like last weekend. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to have an opinion. Uh, I think it's a little overrated. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, I'm Latina. So like, I support like the whole, um, you know, showing different, uh, Hispanic cultures outside of just like Mexican stuff. Um, you know, I know it's like kind of Colombian focused culture. Um, but it, everybody's like, Oh, um, we don't talk about Bruno as such like a bop and it's such, like, not really like <laughs> it, it's not for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it a couple more times and I'll fall in love with it. I don't know. My daughter liked it, um, but I don't know. For me, it's it's a little overrated. I, I agree with you 100%, Katie. My wife and I watched it, and again, I'm a little biased too because I'm 100% Mexican, 100% mm -hmm. Mexicano, and mm -hmm. then Dustin's wife, which is my sister, she's Mexican too, which – my wife and I, we enjoy Coco like a thousand times more. Oh, yeah. Because I feel oh, like yeah. music is way better than that. And oh, Dustin yeah. really likes Encanto. I don't know, Dustin. Tell us why you like 
I don't know. We we all we we all liked it over here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I just liked the movie. Yeah. Dustin likes it. It's funny, you know. He's got or my nephew's three years old, so he likes you know the animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean the it was beautiful. The story was really nice. Like it was deep. There was um, deep stuff in the story that like obviously the adult audience would understand and um, culturally wise, really nice. But it just wasn't like. I don't know. I didn't cry. I didn't get emotional. Like nothing at all. Coco, like when I believe I... are you kidding me? Every time I can't watch the movie without crying. Coco, like I just spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Oh yeah. So I don't know. For me, Encanto is a little overrated. But... There you go. There you go. We have Glenn the Swamp Picker. He says hello. Swamp Good to see you, Glenn. <laughs> And then we have Marie. Good to see you, Marie. Hi, Marie. You guys can jump on. So uh, that concludes our segment of the show, Overrated Underrated. Thank you so much, Katie, for playing. <laughs> and uh, again, guys, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review so it bumps us up in the podcast algorithm. And if you want to follow everything that Katie is doing, all of her links are linked down in the description below. Just hit that link tree. Go to your you go to her YouTube, Instagram, her website, everything she's got going on, and uh, make sure to follow her because she gives some great advice all the time. And guys, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to support the podcast is down in the description. We have a link to our merch store. So nice. we're working on our new merch. So if you guys want to uh, check out our merch store, go over there, click it, and that's the best way that you can support the podcast. We just found out that these are old cell phone cases. If you <laughs> click on them, you can purchase the new, uh, the new and improved cell phone cases. So we, we hey, have that available. So Dustin was giving me a hard time for that last time. So uh, <laughs> we have mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, everything you can imagine, stickers, all that stuff, which is all designed 100% by me, yours truly. So uh, if you want to support the podcast. Somebody that's purchased some some merch from us before, Willie Holt, he purchased some up, some merch Willie? for us. So, what's up, Willie? Willie is one of our favorite uh, resellers that here in the local area. He's uh, absolutely awesome. So, He's the OG. All right, the first interview. The OG. He was actually Willie. Fun fact: Willie was our first ever interview on our YouTube channel. Aww, that's so so way fun. way back in the day. So. If you want to check that out, it's in our in, it's in our videos there. So, Katie, are you ready to play Skip or Flip, our new segment on the show? Yes, I'm nervous, but yes. All right, fantastic. <laughs> so the people that may not know, we're going to be showing Katie a picture of something. So if she were to be out at the, um, the Goodwill, the auction, the estate sale, and she were to come across this item, will she be skipping it? which means not purchasing it, not reselling or whatever, or where she'd be flipping it if she would buy it and then sell it on eBay. So first one up, Katie Reads. We have, and for the people that are listening at home, let's see if I can make this big. This go. is a, um, a pen. Uh, it's a black pen. Um, it's got a little bit of a design on the tip and in the barrel. Well, this is going to get, um, it's a Mont Block pen. As you can see there, there's the case. It comes with the case. It's brand new. 
looks like it might have some uh, hearts design or something on the on the tip. Here comes the jokes. I can already hear the jokes. So um, it's Mont Black writing on the side there. It's got a little like face on the. Oh my what god! Would call, what would you call that, Katie? You know, like you put it on the the clip, I guess. Uh yeah! Wow, that's so creepy. <laughs> it's got a uh, it's got a um, item number on the on the pen. Wow. So, oh, excuse me, it's a mechanical pencil. Oh, it's a pe mechanical pencil. Good lord! Okay, yeah. Just, so, just based on the the fact that it's in a box, and it's Mont Blanc or whatever, and just sounds fancy, I would pause. If I saw this at Goodwill, I'd put it in my card to make sure no one else took it. And I would, yes, I would at least look this up. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you're But, but without looking it up, just like if I was just at an estate sale and I saw this laying out, I would probably pass on it. Um, just because I, I do know that like pens and pencils can sell really well, but I just don't feel like this is like over a $30 item. Okay. Now front porch picker says very art, art deco. deco. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I, even with art books, like I'm still learning about art books because art books are like, they're to they're like their own world in, in itself. Like the art stuff, the art world is just crazy. That's the only like niche that you need to learn all by itself. Agree. So Marie's saying that's debatable, but I'm going to flip. And Willie's saying that's a definite flip. So really? See, I don't I don't see that being more than 30 bucks. I'm okay, right there with them. The detail, the limited edition. I mean, come on. I'm flipping. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, I don't know. I guess I just, I've seen limited edition, first edition stuff in the book world, and that doesn't always command a high price point. So I'm just always skeptical, but every that's, category is different. That's true. You know, things that are meant to be collectible usually aren't worth a lot of money. That or face creeps me out. You got to switch the picture. <laughs> All right. So, Dustin, Dustin, what are you doing? Flipping or skipping? I'm flipping. What about you, Miss Katie? What are you doing? Um... I, I'm going to say, I mean, I don't know how much does it cost? Like, okay. I, I would, I would probably flip it. I would try, it. probably Let's try it. Let's say it costs um, $5.99. Yeah. I, I would give it a shot. I would give okay. it a shot. I definitely look it up and see if we could flip it. All right. I can just hear the jokes. Uh, the thickness is also <laughs> a clue easier to hold. So, yeah. all right, Miss Katie. Let's see what it's sold for. And these are sold comps. So this pen sold for $599. Holy macaroni. No way. So, $599. I'm like, I can't see that being more than $30. <laughs> and they've sold two of them. Wow. wow. Six available. So this brand, Mont Block. I guess it's a very nice pencil brand. So these aren't cheap uh, mechanical pencils by no means. Um, if you see if you see anything Mont Blanc, wow. it's worth picking up, as you can see by the um, 
even just the pen like the the fact that the box and everything else doesn't even really even just the pen by itself it's wild ain't it dang people are weird yeah. <laughs> i would is, not spend that much money for a pen $2, or pencil dollars. i don't care how smooth right jeez january 23rd this <laughs> pencil for two thousand dollars shut up pre-owned and that's not even going to a charity like that's that's just a straight normal sale like because the charity auction can sometimes get weird mm -hmm. because it's a charity auction but that was just straight up sale surprising huh wow so now you, you know guys that one mont block i hope i'm saying that right if you see that pen or pencil make sure you pick it up Yep, so all of them, even the lower end ones, I guess. That's the right. more affordable ones go for a lot. Mm -hmm. Dang. Off the find pencil facts. And that's the kind of stuff you would come across at an estate sale and like easily like if they put 20 bucks on it thinking it was just a fancy pen or something. Even even buy even buying up like that, God, the profit margin on that would be crazy. Mm -hmm. They even have watches, pocket watches. Wow. We'll look for watches and pins. Mom right. watch. There, there you go, guys. All right. So let's see if I get a little next one up. Uh Katie. Let's see what we got. That's a surprising one, ain't it? That was yeah. You school yeah, you definitely schooled me with that one. That was crazy. So I think this one is a little bit more up your alley. So let's see if I can. Oh no, will not get big. All right, I'm going to have to see if I can save this picture because it's not wanting. There we go. There we go. All right. Skip or flip, Miss Katie? What you got? Ooh, let me see the inside copyright page. Okay. <laughs> For the people that are listening at home, this is a Salem's Lot Stephen King book, uh, a new novel by the author of Carrie. Okay. Here's the back of the book. This is like the original um, dust jacket that he's reading. Um, and it's a the Doubleday um, publisher. But yeah, let me see the copyright on the inside. I think this is the first edition. So this would, yes, I would flip this in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yep. First this edition. is the first edition. So I would flip this in a heartbeat. Oh, I would. So the books will say inside of it will say first edition. Like mm -hmm. it was the first edition book? Yeah, it depends on the publisher. So, like, this is the 70s, and every publisher kind of does stuff different, but it literally says first edition, so this is the first edition. Other publishers, especially more modern books, will have, like, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, like a number sequence. That's how you kind of figure out, um, you know, if it's a first edition or not. Um, the problem is, is, like, every publisher kind of does their thing different. <laughs> So you kind of have to learn a bunch of different ways that they were done. But yeah, this is a first edition. And I could tell pretty quickly based on that um, dust jacket as well. Um, so yeah, that's so cool. Honestly, like, yeah, and that's another indicator. Um, so you know that it's a first edition. Honestly, like some of the books, if you're curious if it's a first edition, if you put in the book title and then first edition, and then just look at the images, Google, and like Google, you can compare your book to other like verified first editions. And I okay. do that sometimes too. 
But yeah, I mean, that one, I God, I would be so tempted to keep it, honestly, just because that would be awesome for the personal collection. But yeah, I would flip that for sure. Now, what is this Q37? Um, it's just an indicator that the publisher put in there, and it's probably only seen in first editions. Oh. So that's the okay. reason they take the picture of it. So what are you doing, Dustin? You skipping or you flipping? Flipping, based off the first edition. Okay, mm -hmm. nice. Let's see what the the people at home are saying. Marie's saying flip. Uh, Front Porch Picker says keep that baby yeah. or flip. And uh, Willie says, Katie, that's your thing right there. Would flip mm -hmm. it. And um, Front Porch Picker says great tip. So let's see what we got here. $1,600. Yeah. So and and that and I want to say the reason it, that one is so expensive um, and it's not even signed. If it was signed, it, God. Um, but the dust jacket is in like overall okay condition, and then mm. the taking the dust jacket off, that book is in pristine condition. Like it barely has any foxing. There's barely any bumps on the spine, or like it's it's pretty crispy. So um, yeah condition matters a lot if this was a first edition hardcover this is a hardcover book first edition and it was like super tore up there were stains all over the pages like it just was looking ugly you could probably get some money still for it but not that price point mm -hmm. what is you mentioned the the term foxing what is foxing? foxing is like when there's like tanning or like speckled browning throughout the pages it's just what mm -hmm. happens with like you know, books being old and sitting over time. Um, a lot of dust can collect and it can sometimes like on the top of the books and it can sometimes like get nasty on the outside of the pages. So, um, okay. so yeah, I mean, this also is a good reminder of how condition really, really matters with books for sure. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Hey, that's why we wanted to have you on. This is yeah, that's beautiful man. information. That is Thank a nice you. one. All right, last one, Katie. Flip or skip? Um, let's pull her up. This is a little. This is a little bit outside the box. What? I, I think they all have been a little, little bit outside the box. But <laughs> regardless, uh, skip or flip, Katie? Oh, this is a guy from Toy Story. Yeah, I would flip that. Prospector. Just because I feel like a lot of his merch wasn't super popular when Toy Story 2 came out. I feel like it was mostly Jesse, not the prospector. So, yeah, I would try and flip that. I would definitely look that up and, and try and flip it. Okay. What are you doing, Dustin? You skipping or you flipping? I'll skip because I don't like the guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't like him either. <laughs> Dustin's a little biased. That's great. All right. All right. So let's see what the people are saying at home. Uh, the prospector, the mean prospector, uh, Marie saying she is skipping, and uh, front porch picker says flip, but would think, but wouldn't think that much. I would agree. I would think like maybe 30, 40 bucks, but I mean, if I saw that at a goodwill, especially like what front porch said with that, um, the tag, um, or swamp picker, sorry, the tag, yeah, I would, I would try that for sure. All right. So Prospector sold for $82. Wow. Yeah, so. I feel like his merch wasn't like super widely spread, like how Jesse and the Bullseye, like those were like the more popular toys that got um, 
Wow. There's a collect. I know there is one signature collection prospector. If I can pull up. Well, maybe not. That's the one to look for. The signature collection prospector. I think it's worth like a thousand dollars. Okay. Because they didn't make they didn't, like you said. It's your exact point. They didn't make any of them, so it wasn't a popular character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it was Jesse and Bullseye that was made the most of when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way more than I thought too. That would be good to find in the, um, you know, if you're digging through like the plush area. Mm-hmm. Of goodwill and you happen to come across them yeah easy that's a good flip i mean that's worth more than some of these jesse's that are still in the box yeah even yeah. at like you know even if your goodwill is higher price and they want like five or ten bucks for it i mean that's still a great profit margin great profit margin all right so katie there you have it that is skipper flip we, we hey we uh We've learned some stuff today, haven't we? We have. I've learned some stuff today. That's awesome. You give yeah. me a lot of value. That's a, that's crazy. That pen still's got me a no. little, little messed Long, up. Block pen. So, all right, guys. So, again, if you guys want to follow Katie, make sure you do that. And all of her information is down in the description below. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And uh, we're giving we're giving stuff away, guys. Three thousand subscribers. So, go to YouTube and subscribe if you haven't already. So, Katie. Let's get down to the nitty gritty here. We're almost at an hour, but we want to get down to the bare bones here. Okay. We talked a little bit about books. Mm-hmm. So let's say Dustin and I were going to the Goodwill and we're like, Dustin's like, you know what, Ray? Let's just look at books today. <laughs> what are we, what are we looking for? Like, what do you what are some like huge indication indicators that are books, these books are worth money? Like, what am I looking for? that I can use, what is some good information that I can use to flip on eBay for looking for books? Yeah, so um, if you were an eBay seller, I would tell you to, I would probably tell eBay and Amazon seller the same thing. Start with nonfiction, um, go to like textbooks, um, self-help, religious books, Bibles, especially old Bibles that are like the family Bibles. Um, Those sell really well for me. And then uh, from there, if you're not really like finding a whole lot, um, and I'd also like remind people that on eBay, you know, you're scanning um, barcodes and you have that barcode scanning feature. So like if the book that you're looking at has a barcode, just use that and then look up sold comps that way or use talk to text. Because a lot of people tell me like it takes too long to look Mm -hmm. up books. No, (laughs) it doesn't. It really doesn't, because if you have time to sit there and try and figure out the exact Nike model shoe that you're trying to look up comps for, you can look up a book because that Mm. like clothing drives me mad for that reason, because like styles and all of that. So if you have time to do that, you have time to look up a book. Um, You can use talk to text or scan the barcode. You can even type in like the ISBN number that's on the inside of the book if it doesn't have a barcode. Um, so I would start with nonfiction, textbooks, Bibles, religious, self-help, stuff like that. Um, that is just, I feel like, sought after a little bit more as far as, like, getting higher profit margins. Um, fiction, you can, you know, get money with fiction for sure. So next, I would say, like, uh, children's uh, chapter books from the 90s. So, like, Boxcar Children, Babysitter's Club, stuff like that. And lots, if you can get them really cheap. 
um, and by really cheap, like 50 cents or less, depending on like your thrift store. Um, some Goodwills have children's books at like 49 cents. You can get a good lot of them together. I mean, you could sell that for 20, 30 plus, depending what you have. Some specific goosebumps, like if you study the sold listings and look up goosebumps, there's some specific goosebumps, just one book that wasn't mass produced a whole lot. And so mm. like you can get, you know, some really $80 plus on some of those goosebump books. Um, so I would suggest that. And then depending on your thrift store, I would suggest looking at like the old and decrepit books that people, and just because it's super old and it's like from the 1800s or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean it's worth a bunch of money, but it is worth looking up. Um, I, that's how I sold a, a book for $500. I was at an estate sale. It was a book on mysticism. It was from the 1900s. They wanted $3. I looked it up and it was selling on eBay for 300 and I had a dust jacket. And so I listed mine for 800. It sat for a couple months. And then I finally took a best offer from someone in France for 500. So I, it's worth taking the time to look them up because you never know. You really don't. Um, and so, and those things are out of print, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, they could be, there could be a lot out there or there could be only a few out there. So, um, I think the older, like vintage is anything 20 years or older. So I guess maybe Sarah's Club is vintage, but, um, I would say like sixties and older, uh, you know, those are the books that are more likely out of no longer in print and, and worth checking out, especially if they're like, you know weird topics like mysticism, psychics, uh -huh. um, religion, um, political stuff, philosophy, like, you know, those are, those are collector type items, but fiction can go for, for well too. I mean, you just saw that 1975 Stephen King. Yeah. Lot, you know what I mean? Um, Anne Rice, who recently unfortunately passed away, um, her stuff, uh, especially like the really nice Eastern press chronicle ones, you know, so you kind of got to stay in with the trends and know a little bit about authors, but that'll come over time. Nice. Nice. Now, you know, when we looked at the Stephen book or the Stephen King book, you mentioned that condition is everything mm -hmm. with an older book. So what's something, what's something to look for in the condition of a book? Let's say your book on mysticism, you know, that you found like, I'm sure that you, the book that you found was pretty crispy for it to selling for $500, but like it wasn't. No. Oh man. So I, I want to see, I, um, I want to see if I have a picture that I could show, but um, so the reason mine was able to sell for so much higher is uh, just simply because um, I had the dust jacket and um, dust jacket mm. is like 95% of the value in most cases when it comes to old um, books like that. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> um, I don't have any pictures, but um, so in my case, uh, it was by a guy, um, D... DeLawrence, L.W. DeLawrence, or DeLawrence was the last name, and he um, wrote a lot about, like, mysticism and hypnotism and things like that, and the book on its own was $300-ish, give or take, but because mine still had a dust jacket, I was able to get 500 for it, and my dust jacket even, like, had rips, and there was some missing pieces and corners, and, it, I mean, it was a really rough shape um but 
it's also if you looked at like the other listings out there and the sold listings mine and two other people were the only listings out there so that also tells you like this book is really hard to find mm. um so that's another thing to kind of keep in mind i mean i just sold a new kids on the block telephone thing like a plug-in telephone for 88 dollars that i got for free in an estate sale because it was my listing and one other person and mine still had like the sticker on it fully and everything like that so just small stuff like that also kind of matters with books like if you have the dust jacket and you know mine didn't have any missing pages mine wasn't written in stuff like that okay nice nice now um i know that um from porch picker was asking that uh does x libre book sell i don't even know what that is yeah, so Ex Library and Ex Libris. I've never seen Ex Libre, but um, yeah, Ex Library books sell for me all the time. Because I do a free book pickup service with um, some libraries, schools, colleges, stuff like that, some of them do have um, a lot of stampings on them and, you know, like the old checkout, old school mm -hmm. checkout things mm -hmm. on the back of the book and all of that. They'll have markings and stampings and stuff. Mine still sell great. I mean, the condition, it's it's considered lower condition. So I have to sell them at like acceptable or good condition. Um, but they still, they still sell just fine for me. Some people actually like it because some people see it as like, um, how do I want to say? I feel like I it's nostalgic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? Like nostalgia, um, especially if it comes from like a library, like maybe it came from a library in their hometown and they now live somewhere else. Like there's some deeper meaning behind that. And so, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and those are just so variable. You kind of have no control over it. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I it's they they sell for me very well. Yeah. I mean, I would I would get a book that I knew that I went to the library, you know, let's say that, you know second grade Ray going to the library, reading his Hardy Boys book, learning about the Dewey Decimal System, you know, and yeah. I you know, wanted to reminisce and order a book, you know, I think that would be cool. You know? I even sell the little um, old checkout cards that are on ah. the back of the book. I sell these oh, as man. bookmarks on Etsy. Oh, man. Um, and people pay four to $7 each for them. <laughs> so it's just about nostalgia. It's crazy. Yeah. Nostalgia sells, man. Nostalgia mm -hmm. sells. Mm -hmm. So um, anything that, you know, like, so we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, uh, Katie, and uh, let's get into uh, tips, you know, um, any tips that you may have to selling and buying books for, let's say, an experienced reseller and then someone that may be a rookie reseller selling books like Dustin and I here. Yeah. So I would say if you're an experienced um, seller, if you want to go into Amazon um, whether you're doing merchant fulfilled or FBA, it's going to be about bulk. It, you're going to have to look into buying like Gaylords, which is like those huge things that are on like, um, pallets. Um, or you're going to want a source that is like crazy. Like, um, just because like FBA, Amazon in general is like a, volume numbers beast. Like you just constantly have to keep feeding it. Um, especially with books. So if that was something that you were wanting to get into and you're experienced and you have the capital and you have like the ability to like grow in that way, 
um, you could definitely do that. Um, and you, you know, you could grow pretty big and that could become a full-time thing for you. Um, if you're an experienced reseller and you want to stick strictly with eBay, I would suggest also like cross-listing your books because books in general, whether no matter what platform you're using, are going to take 30 to 60 days to sell usually. They're just slower selling items. Um, sometimes they sell overnight, sometimes in a couple weeks, but overall 30 to 60 is like a healthy you know, flip um, mm -hmm. time frame for books. Um, so with eBay, I would say like be open to cross-listing a little bit. And so Macari is where I sell a lot of like my 90s nostalgia uh, vintage books, my Pokemon books, like um, that type of thing. Um, and that, and Etsy, I also sell like my vintage and antique books on Etsy. So I would just say like, make sure you're cross-posting. Um, and honestly, like, just do the research, <laughs> like, you know, watch my videos, watch other people's videos that talk about books, you know, back mm -hmm. from burnout. She is exclusively eBay. Granted, she's in Australia, um, but Mel is like super knowledgeable. Um, and then I would also say to an experienced seller is like, get creative, ask, ask for backroom access in thrift stores. Um, create your own free book pickup service, find creative ways of getting inventory where you're not at the end of the stream, you're at the top of the stream and you're getting like the good stuff before every, it trickles down to everybody else. Um, to a brand new seller, I would say if you're wanting to get into Amazon, do a lot of research, mm, um, probably start small with like Merchant Fulfilled so you get comfortable with the Amazon system use the Amazon seller app. It's okay to use that. You don't have to dive into like a scout IQ software, although I do recommend it after a while. Um, and just kind of start slow and, and learn a lot because um, FBA, there's a lot of fees involved. So you want to make sure that you know what you're doing and that you're actually, you know, if the market went down a little bit, that you're not going to be losing money with the books that you're sending in. Um, eBay for a brand new seller. I would say go for it. Like just learn shipping with eBay. That's really what you have to learn. You have to learn media mail shipping. You have to understand that it doesn't have a whole lot of insurance. Like um, I learned this the hard way. I sold an $80 mm. book when I first started and media mail shipping is what I used and the package got lost. And so I reached out to USPS. All they refunded me was a $4 and 82 cents that I paid oh. for my postage. And then I had to give the $80 back to the buyer, obviously to make it right. Um, so that burned really bad. <laughs> so I just suggest like media mail is cheap. Yep. A hundred percent. But depending on the price point, like I would up like your insurance or do something to kind of cover yourself, um, or just suck it up and do like first class or priority or, or something to where if the package got lost, you're not hurting yourself. Um, okay. that is what I would tell a brand new book eBay seller because, that's a lesson. That's a lesson yeah. I never forget. I always talk about it. Like never again will I do that to myself. So that's a um, great point because you know we're all like, yeah, let's sell books. It's medium mail. It's cheap or whatever. If you're selling your, you sold that five hundred dollar book to France. Let's say you send a medium mail, not knowing anything. You could. I mean, you lost yeah. eighty dollars, but Ooh. you could have possibly lost. 
Five hundred dollars made me sick. That would have made me sick. So that's a great point. Uh, Katie from Porch Picker says, "Do you have a specialty scanner for a lot of your books? What do you use?" Um, So for eBay, I just use the um, barcode scanner in eBay to look up sold listings if it has a barcode. Um, for Amazon, I use a software called Scout IQ, and it has a scanning feature inside the app already. Um, but you can get a Bluetooth scanner. It's like 60 bucks to get a Natamu. Um, EYOYO is another brand. Same kind of price point. Just depends how fancy you want to get. The 2D work, um, I'm sorry, the 1D works just fine. The 2D is a little bit faster and can read a little bit more versatile barcodes. It just depends how techy you are and what you want. Um, my, my, the first one I ever bought, I bought used for like 55 bucks or something. I want to say, or 40 bucks. Um, I don't use it very often though. Just, I, I, I use it when I'm at library book sales. Cause it's like really competitive and like you have to be fast and like cranking it out. Um, but when I'm like at home or at my local thrift store, I just use a scanner that's inside the scout IQ app. Um, when I'm sourcing for Amazon, um, I will say I always source for Amazon first. I scan like the categories that I'm comfortable with and I know pretty well um, first. And then I go through a second time and see if there's anything that catches my eye for eBay or I'll look up some things on eBay. Um, and Scott IQ is actually kind of cool because within the app, um, you can link eBay. And if you click when you scan a a book and let's say it's no good for Amazon FBA, you can click on a, a part in the app and it will show you eBay sold listings too. Oh. Um, it's an extra step and it like, it's not like all right there. Um, it's an extra additional step you have to do, but um, so it's kind of time consuming. I wouldn't do it if you're in a fast paced like situation or environment, like a book sale, but it is a nice feature. It is a really nice feature. Nice, nice. Now, for someone like Front Porch Picker that's not techie at all, what's something that someone can do to kind of not necessarily buy a scanner, you know, like do all that, just like typing it in and looking it up the old school way? Yeah. Um, so if you didn't want to get any software and you wanted to do Amazon, you could do the Amazon Seller app. They have a little picture thing and you put it over the barcode and it'll scan it for you. Um, Amazon seller app is just kind of lagged a little bit. Um, it doesn't give you like a really good picture on how often that book is selling. That's pretty much the reason people buy software like Scout IQ. Mm. Um, you have to be techie to a certain extent though, even with like eBay, you know, because on the eBay app, you have to be able to scan the barcode, um, on the eBay app in the search bar. Um, if you really, really did not want to do that at all, and you just wanted to go in and not look up sold listings and not use the eBay app, if you list on your computer and you go into thrift stores with like nothing, That's crazy. Um, I would say to you, you need to study sold listings and get mm. a really, really good idea of certain categories that are selling well. Um, and then use that knowledge going into the thrift store and buy based on your knowledge because I never buy without looking up sold listings or looking something up in my Scout IQ app. So if nice. you're super not techie at all 
and you don't have any apps or smartphone or anything like that, you need to go to your computer and study sold listings first and get an understanding of like certain books and certain categories and then go into your thrift store, maybe even write it down on a piece of paper or something and have an idea of what to look for. But that sounds scary to me. <laughs> but, you yeah, know. that sounds super scary. Super mm -hmm. scary for sure. But uh, thank you so much, uh, Katie, for coming on. Um, this has been fun. We've learned a lot today. We've learned mm -hmm. that um, Katie Katie sells tons of books. We learned about <laughs> pens. We learned about Stephen King books. We learned that carrot cake is the best cake ever. Mm -hmm. Facts. We it all, baby. So uh, anything anything to say, um, <laughs> Alan? Alan says, uh, Dustin, how is your dog smelling? Smelling great. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Hey, I'll tell you. So Saturday, Dustin and I usually go and, you know, we usually go picking and stuff. I went to go pick him up. I'm like, hey, Dustin, come on, let's go. He comes out. He's like, I can't go, man. I'm like, what happened? He's like, my dog just got sprayed by a skunk. I'm like, yeah, you need to go handle that. I'm like, yes. Oh, man, yeah. that's torture. So, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, Thank you guys uh, so much for coming on, everybody in the chat. Um, it's been fun, of course. Make sure you check out Katie on all, all of her social media platforms. All of her, her link tree is linked down in the description. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. And subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. And again, we're giving away this uh, thermal printer. Go, go su subscribe to the to, – Thermal uh, printers uh, are not overrated. There you go. <laughs> so anything else for the people, Katie? Um, not really. I would just say like dive into it. Um, and you know, um, watch a lot of, a lot of YouTube content and do your research and, and go for it. That's what I did. I went Let's for go. it. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Anything else you might want to say to the people, Dustin? Nothing. Just pray for us. Pray for the Titans <laughs> and, uh, let's hope better next year and hope we get rid of our offensive coordinator. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's a whole other story. We need to get on a live and just talk football, Dustin. That's what we should have did yesterday after the game. I know we need so, to. That's all right. So, uh, all right, guys. So, uh, my name is Ray. My name is Dustin. My name is Katie. There you go. Sorry. I didn't know which way to point. So, uh, and uh, guys, uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. See y'all and God bless. Peace. Bye, guys. Thank you.